Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This is episode number 150 with Tony Robbins of the Founder Podcast. Discover exactly what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur and what's possible through entrepreneurship from the greatest minds in business today. Welcome to the Founder Podcast. Here's your host, Nathan Chan. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan and I am the CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. We interview some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, some of the greatest founders of our generation and uh Boy, you guys are in for a treat. We are speaking to the one and only Tony Robbins. Now, this guy, he doesn't even need an introduction. I'm just going to leave it at that. I actually uh, flew to New York to interview him in person. And uh, wow, talk about game-changing moments of my life. To think back that, you know, four and a half years ago, I was stuck in a dead-end job that I absolutely utterly hated. Uh, fast forward to now, you know, interviewing people that are just the top of their game, just so influential, you know, run multi-billion dollar companies, someone like Tony Robbins. It was a real privilege and honor just to reflect on how far I've come and I guess just be grateful. You know, showing gratitude is is really, really important because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to push and grow founder as fast and as, you know, hard as I can and and, you know, I have some very big dreams and goals. I want this brand to be a household name, entrepreneurial brand for founders and entrepreneurs. And I want our content consumed by tens of millions of people on a monthly basis. And, you know, sometimes things don't work. And sometimes it's easy to forget how far uh, we've come on the journey. So I encourage you guys to take some time out to reflect. I know things might not be working. It's just part of the journey. And just uh, remember where you were. Just ask yourself, if things ever get tough, ask yourself and think back, well, wait on a second, where was I two years ago? And compare yourself to now. And I promise you, you'll feel better about it. I promise you that thing that's making you super frustrated or, fr- or stressed out won't be as bad as it may seem. All right, so a few little updates uh, before I get into talking about today's episode with Tony. Uh, The first one is we've just launched our first course taught by an instructor, which I'm super pumped about. You know, as as I've mentioned on previous episodes, we're going to have hundreds of courses on our platform, super in-depth, taught by influential entrepreneurs and founders, and it's only the beginning uh, to build out this platform. And Greta, who was the previous episode, make sure you check that out, 149, she's teaching how to start and scale your own online store, and she's the head instructor. And this solves a very, very deep problem that a lot of our audience have where people want to know how to start a business but don't know where to start. Um, 
She teaches a proven framework. This is the framework that she's used to launch four multi-million dollar e-commerce brands. And you also get to be part of a community as well that supports you. So it's a perfect fit if you want to start an online business or you have an online store but it's not doing as well as you'd like and you'd want to learn from a master. So you can check that out by going to founderbag.com forward slash e-commerce. Now, today's episode with Tony, fantastic, amazing conversation. We talked about some really key things about building your personal wealth as an entrepreneur and where you should be spending your money when you are making it. And uh, also about his investing and money-making system on how to accrue and build wealth personally and also within your business absolute game changer. This is recommended listening for any entrepreneur or founder or even an aspiring founder or entrepreneur. You guys are in for an absolute treat. Tony did not hold back. He is a knowledge machine and it is my privilege and pleasure to bring this awesome, amazing interview to you. All right, that's it from me. Now let's jump into the show. Today, we're speaking with the one and only Tony Robbins, number one New York Times bestselling author, number one life and business strategy coach. And we're going to talk to him today about his latest book, Unshakable. Thank you so much for taking the time, Tony. Nice to see you in person. We yeah. talked on the phone once before. I know. It's great yes. to connect. And yes. I have to say, I read the book yesterday. Yes. Nice short book, yes. amazing, like so much gold in there. So I'm so glad you love it. Yes, it's much shorter. My last book was 700 <laughs> pages. Uh, it was also New York Times number one bestseller. Number one New York Times bestseller today, number one on Amazon, number one on Barnes & Noble. And by the way, if you get the book, we'll talk to you about the book today, but we're going to feed another 100 million people. I fed 100 million people out of the first book. Oh, wow. I fed 100 million people last year. We're going to do it again this year. We're going to feed a billion people over the next seven years. That's insane. That's really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. The secret to living is giving. giving. You yeah. got it, man. Yeah. That's what yeah. you told me. That was the best piece of advice you gave me when we last spoke. I'm really glad. Yeah. It sounds corny, but it's really true. I, if you look at what makes people happy, it's really two things. It's progress. Like even you, know, you achieve your goals and oftentimes people achieve a goal and then it goes, is this all there is? It's because it didn't meet their deeper needs. Our need is to keep growing. You know, business is growing or it's dying. A relationship's growing or it's dying. So if you're feeling like you're not even there, but you're making progress, it feels alive because we all grow or die. And then when you make progress, when you grow, you got something to give. And I really think that's what makes people most happy. I even talk about it in the book at the end. After I show you how to make all this money and from the best investors in the history of the world, right? 50 of the best. I said, you know, I, I don't be remiss if we tell them that because money just makes you more of what you are. So if you're mean, you got more to be mean with. If you're giving, you have more to be giving with. And I wanted people to have that emotional wealth besides the financial. So the last chapter teaches you the tools to let go of the things that stress you out. Because, you know, you can be a billionaire and still have a lousy life. I've interviewed some of them, quite frankly, that I wouldn't want their life. And it's because they they live in a state of stress or pissed off or frustrated. And I always say, it's nothing worse than an angry rich man or angry rich woman. You just want to smack them, you know, because <laughs> they have so many opportunities. So this book will show you how to make the money and how to become financially free but it also, and eliminate the fears, but it also really shows you what does it take so you have an extraordinary life, life on your terms. Gotcha. Um, so let's talk about the book. What does it mean to be unshakable? To me, that's really uh, a place where you have such certainty about what you're going to do and how you're going to do it, that no matter what shows up, it doesn't stop you. It's not that you don't feel any fear. You fear less. 
Yes. And fear less doesn't mean you don't have any fear. You feel the fear, but you do it anyway because it's not overwhelming fear. And what stops the fear is the truth. Truth sets you free. So the metaphor I use in the book, many people I might have heard the old Sufi metaphor. You know, the guy's walking down the path at nighttime. He sees a snake and runs the other way, comes back the next morning and sees it's a rope. Once you know it's a rope, day or night, you don't get scared. That's what I wanted to do for investing because most people around the world, most individuals, are not benefiting from the greatest economic opportunity of their life. And I wrote this book specifically because I wanted people to feel like it doesn't matter what the economy does, doesn't matter what happens to real estate or stocks, my family is going to be prosperous, not based on enthusiasm and positive thinking, but based on a plan that works. Because here's what you need to know. Here in America, this is the eighth, today is the, is the anniversary of the bull market. It's the eighth birthday of it. Yeah. Now, it's the second largest bull market in history. There's only one gone longer. It went nine and a half years. So you don't have to be an idiot to figure out that we're in unique territory. And at some point, this thing is going to take a crash. But here's what's true. It's your opportunity to clean up when it crashes because things go on sale. What I teach in the book is if you're feeling worried about the market, you're going to be worried the rest of your life because every year since 1900, 116 years, we've had a correction. Now, a correction is from the peak, a drop of 10 to 20%, which is a gut check, right? But 80% of them never become a crash. They just correct and come back. Like last January, we had the worst January opening of the stock market in its history. We lost $2.2 trillion. The market was down 9% that fast. People are freaking out. Is this the end one? What's happening here? And Ray Dalio, the single greatest hedge fund manager in the history of the world, provided more returns for investors than any human alive, dear friend of mine. He was at Davos and, you know, people in the financial world know him because he manages countries' money. So he went to him, CNBC, and said, what do we do? And he said, look, I don't know if this is a crash. It looks like a correction to me. But if you want to know what to do so you don't worry, he goes, read Tony Robbins' book. Because I taught him these key principles. I've taught no one else. And things went crazy. So corrections happen. 80% don't become a crash. When does a crash happen? About every five years. Crashes usually last a year. On average, some are longer, some are shorter, just like winter. Some are long, some are short. Crashes usually drop 33% on average, but they can go 40 or 50. But you don't lose a dime if you don't sell. Like the market has never taken a penny from anybody. Your fear is taking money from you. So if you remember 2008, and here's what I want you to know. So every single bear market, so everybody's clear, becomes a bull in the history of the United States. Every single one. So 2008, gut check. Oh my God, worse since the depression. You know, market dropped 50% from peak to trough. But what happened starting on this date, on March 9th, for the next 12 months, right? Explosion upward, 69%, not five, not 10, not 15, not 70%. So if you didn't sell, you're in great shape. And if you stayed in the market, everybody's like, oh, the market's too high. It's up 250% since that time. It's up 14% since Donald Trump got in office two and a half months ago. So the secret is get in the game. Now, why don't they? Fear. So here's, I'll tell your viewers right now, they might start to help them. I just recently spoke at the JP Morgan Alternative Investments Conference you got to be a billionaire to get in. 400 billionaires, richest, smartest people in the world. And I got to speak there. And I found out J.P. Morgan did a cool study. And here's what it was. Over the last 20 years, the stock market has produced in the United States an 8.2% compounded return, the S&P 500. If you missed, because you're trying to time the market, you're saying, oh, it's, it's kind of high right now. The valuations are high. We're overdue for a crash. And I'm going to hang on to my cash if you did that. If you missed just the 10 best days, Trading days in the last 20 years, instead of 8.2, it's cut in half. You only made four and a half. If you miss the 20 best days, 
That means only one day a year that you're out of the market thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to do this right now. I'm not really comfortable. One day a year in 20 years, and it's the best trading days, you made 2%, 2.1. You might as well have a bond with no risk. Mm-hmm. And if you miss the top three trading days, one and a half days out of each of those 20 years, you made no money even though you're in the market for 20 years. So, And you know what's crazy? Six of the 10 best trading days happen within 10 days of the worst trading days where everybody gets scared and gets out. When Donald Trump, when the stock market, no one expected him to win and boom, it dropped 900 points that night. I immediately called my RAA and said, we're going to put this big additional chunk in right now because this is an overreaction and it'll correct. So I've made a fortune in the last two and a half months because I was on Jayco, because I wasn't fearful, because I understood the real patterns of the market. And you don't have to be a genius. You can read this in four hours, get a game plan. And then all you have to do, then you go back to your life because once you put the game plan in place, you don't want to look at it every day. This is long term. You'll make a balancing, you'll rebalance your accounts. I show you how to do that once a year. Or my co-author is a guy named Peter Malouk. And Peter is, I decided to partner with him because he's a genius. He's the only man in history here in America to be named by Bloomberg, by Barron's, to be the number one wealth manager for three years in a row. No one's done that in history. Uh, He did it two years in a row now at CNBC. And Forbes came out with their first list this year, and he's number one. I got to know him because I was interviewing all the best of the best. And I asked him if he'd co-write this, a couple chapters in this book for me, and I became his partner in business, because this is a guy who in 2008 did something so brilliant. He had this little $500 million business. He grew it to $2 billion in two years during the worst market with no advertising, because he did such a job for his clients. They went and got all their friends who were losing money. They were like, how are you making money and I'm losing? And the way he did it was, the same way we do it in the book, he told all his clients in advance, he educated them, here's what happens with corrections. Here's what bear markets are. I don't know when, but it's going to crash. But we're going to diversify you so it drops 50. You won't drop 50. And it's going to be the best opportunity in your life. We're going to sell some of your bonds and we're going to buy stocks cheaper than they've ever been in your life. And then they'll burst back up just like they've done for two and a half centuries. He made so much money for his clients. He now does $23 billion in assets. And the man is not an advertiser market. It's all word of mouth. So I joined him a year ago. So again, if you decide to do something with him, know that I'll benefit from it as well. I'm not looking to benefit, but I will. But the bottom line is he had 17 billion assets. In the last year, we've grown to 23. Um, He's the best of the best. So you get the best of what I know, the best of what Peter knows. And if you want, you can go to getasecondopinion.com. He normally provides all these resources for billionaires and millionaires. I got him said, if I'm going to partner with you, I want to help the average person. Now, I know you can't help somebody who has nothing, but at least 100000 instead of a million. And that's what he does now. And he'll make a plan for you. And if you want to be a client, he'll charge you, I think it's 1% or less. It's averages 85 basis points. Or you can go do it yourself. It's our way of giving back. Most people want someone to be able to do it for them. But you can do it for yourself just as easily as well. Mm. So after reading the book, one thing that I've been dying to ask you is, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I put pretty much all of my funds into my business. What should I be you know, going all in on should as, you know, millennials that are starting businesses, like many people in our community, uh, they're, you know, going all in on their business and, you know, they're sacrificing profit for growth, you know, yeah. so yeah. they don't have that much spare change. What, what's your advice there? What are your thoughts? What's I'm your really thoughts? glad you asked me that question because every entrepreneur I meet, I have this conversation with one-on-one people that are my friends. Yeah. Um, and I do it in my business seminars too. And I show people, I do business boot camps and I, mm-hmm. I spend five days showing them how to grow their business hundred percent plus. And then I take a half a day and show them what to do to have a second business. Here's what I'd say to you if you're a founder out there, if you're somebody starting an organization. The amount of money that you get, whatever cash you have, if it's a growing business, 
will always be eaten up by the organization. So a friend of mine, Ken Blanchard, who wrote the One Minute Manager books you may have read years yeah. ago, I met him 30 years ago and I helped him take five strokes off his golf game. So he thought I was God <laughs> and I don't play golf. I just know what to do here and here with somebody. And so afterwards he goes, I want to do something for you. I said, look, I, you don't do anything. About two months later, he calls me up and says, I want to have lunch with you. I want to give you a gift. He said, I want to share with you the best financial advice that changed my life. So what is it? He said, this very wealthy friend of mine saw I was writing a book and he saw I was growing my business. And he said, I want to tell you something. A business, he said what I told you earlier, will take whatever cash is there because a growing business, there's always needs. Yeah. He said, you have to draw a line in the sand. And he said, your book should be the first line in the sand. You should put none of that money in your company. The clients that like the book will become clients of the company and you shouldn't take that money. You should put an investment account that you don't touch and it continues to compound to create financial freedom. He said, Tony, I took his advice and then I went through three different stages where we almost went bankrupt in the business because I had so much cash and money, I wasn't stressed. So I was able to keep my head straight and run my business better. Because if you think about it, and I, I did that too. I did it with my first books. Now I give away all the profits of my books. My first books and my first infomercials. Yes. And I work, you know, 275 days a year on the road. I never earned as much as I did by compounding because compounding changes the game. So what you have to do if you're a business owner, you have to get yourself where you say, I'm going to put a tax on my business. Yep. Not the government tax, my tax. My future self is going to be free forever. Because look, in business, 96% of businesses don't make it in 10 years. I'm sure all of yours will. But even the 4% that make it aren't necessarily profitable. Mm. So, and the reason is because government can change the rules, right? Taxes can shift radically affected. Clients shift their preferences. Technology, new competition. Yeah. So I tell everybody, I believe you'll make your business succeed, but everybody should have a business on the side with no employees, no moving parts, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes a year to rebalance it so that if It'll anything happens here, you're still strong and you can make this stronger. Or if this goes well and this goes well as well, you have twice as much money and you're there. But you got to understand what this compounding does, right? This compounding, you don't need a lot of money to get really, really wealthy. You know, the example, one of the examples I put in the book here was the example of uh, a man who talks to his son. He's 18 years old. And the man understands finance and understands the power of compounding. So he says to his son, you got your first job, you're 18. I'm going to require that you take $300 every month, 150 bucks a paycheck, and we're going to automate it to the separate account. And his son's like, I can't do that. He goes, let me tell you why you want to do it. It'll be up to you. If you promise to do that and you really do it and you automate it so you don't see it, and you do that for eight years, you'll never have to invest again and you'll be financially set for life. His son goes, come on, dad. Eight years, three dollars a month. What is that? If he does the math, he goes, that's twenty-eight thousand. You know, over eight years, twenty-eight thousand eight hundred dollars. Twenty-eight thousand eight hundred. How's that going to do anything? Especially if I don't add any more money after twenty-seven years old. He goes, let me show you, son. The market's gone up ten percent over thirty years. Let's apply a lower number. Let's do eight percent. Be conservative. Let me show you what the numbers are when they compound. You know how much he has when he retires? One point eight million dollars, and all he put in was twenty-eight thousand eight hundred. See. People think they want to get rich by doing this big hit. Look at all the actors, all the athletes, all the movie stars that you've seen that made more money than God and now they're bankrupt because they made money and income working, but they never figured out how to make money work for them while they slept. They never made money their slave. So if you look at like 50 Cent, he made $100 million on vitamin water. Someone gave him a tip and he went bankrupt. Or right now, I don't know if it's really going to happen, but the newspapers are speculating now, you know, Johnny Depp is going through this divorce. 
he made three quarters of a billion dollars, $750 million. And you're saying he may go bankrupt now because he's going to have to give up half in his cash position. And he spends 30000 a month on wine. <laughs> and he took Hunter Thompson, the reporter, and burned his body and paid $3 million <laughs> to blow his ashes into to the atmosphere. So you can mess up no matter what you do. Or you can take a small amount of money and just consistently invest it. And you'll get where you want to be financially. Mm, that's one thing I like that you said about in the book. You, you can always, it was, you said something around you can always raise your income, but yes. you're not going to get ahead. That's correct. Can you rephrase it? Yeah. Well, yeah, because you grow your income. And what do most people do when they grow their income? They spend more. Yeah. Oh, I'll get a cannon, you know? <laughs> I'll get all this, I'll get more wine. <laughs> and, you know, me, I bought an island when I was really young. Like, yeah, you want to, I thought I was making a lot of money. <laughs> Buy an island, suddenly you got financial pressure again, right? <laughs> so it's the nature of people with income they earn to spend it. But when you develop the discipline of a part of your life where you say, there's a portion of my income that no one's going to get, not Kate Spade, not Tesla, not The Gap, nobody. That money's staying here for my family to grow. When you lock that in place, and again, the key is automating it. If you have to do it manually, you won't. But if you never see it, it'll become a pattern and you'll be able to build. And that's really what it's really all about. So founders, how how, can you give a percentage on, you know, Yeah, Yeah, I really... The ideal number, like, uh, is in the twenty percent range. Now, most founders are gonna look at me like, "Are you insane?" I take every dime I got. <laughs> so, the minimum ideally would be ten to start, and then build yep. it to fifteen. Yeah. But there's a cool, uh, you know, I interviewed all these Nobel Prize guys as well as all these self-made billionaires, and one of them uh, was a man named Shlomo. Was really brilliant. He said, "You know what? People don't invest because a they say I can't, I don't have the money." But you know, we're all good at dieting tomorrow. (laughs) I'm going to go on a diet tomorrow. We all believe it. Or we're all good at saving tomorrow. We're not going to save today because we want to spend the money, but we'll save in the future. So he said, I I took that pattern and figured out a strategy. And and he proved it worked in the Midwest of the United States with blue collar workers who'd never saved a dime. He went to them and said, I know you say you have no money. I I do like you save at least 5%, but minimum promise me 3.5% because no one's going to miss 3.5%. You'll adjust that easily. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this plan called Save More for Tomorrow. We're going to go to your employer and you're going to tell them that whenever you get a raise, whenever it is, next year, two years, 10 years, doesn't matter when, 5%, whatever, the first 5% of money goes straight into this account. Well, within 15 years, these blue collar workers were saving an average of 15% and the top 40% were saving 20. When you save 20, you know, I mean, that's that's the example of the guy from, yeah. you know, who, who goes and he's got $70 million. He saved 20% over time. So anyone can do it. But what I would say to you is, you know, I, I went through a divorce. I decided I, I met a woman, fell in love with her, and fell in love with her kids. She'd been married twice before me. She was 12 years my senior. So I was 24 and had a 17-year-old son instantly, an 11-year-old, a 5-year-old, and then one on the way. Really great lady, but we're completely different. No one tells you how to pick your partner. But I fell in love with the children. So I was like, I, I, I don't want to lose these kids, you know? So I eventually decided to get a divorce. And when I got the divorce... It was a not happy divorce from the standpoint of I try to give her half of everything, but they got a 10 times, eight times and a 10 times multiple on all my companies. In those days, I didn't have 31. I had like seven. And they were small companies. They weren't billion dollar companies. They were like less than 100 million, most of them. And some of them were only dependent upon me, like, like a doctor. If I don't show up, the whole thing falls apart. And so I'm looking at this. I got to pay her eight and 10 times. I got to pay her $50 million and I didn't have $50 million. So I settled in 42 million. I had a pair of $42 million when I didn't have it. And I started over at 39 years old. And I had a pair, not only $42 million, but I had a pair a million dollars a year 
for 17 years. I was only married to her for 14 years, right? Wow. So I just paid that off a couple of years ago. And the reason I tell you the story is in the beginning, I had to pay her a million dollars a year, plus I had to pay the taxes on it before I ate. And when I met her, she was broke. <laughs> now I was broke. And that was the best in the world that I was doing. But the power of that was when I wouldn't let go, when I finally said, I'm gonna stop being angry, I'm just gonna automate it and let go, my capacity grew tenfold. It's like, I never looked back. It's like, because I had to come up with an additional million dollars, I had to think bigger, I had to do things bigger. So I started creating new relationships, new partnerships, new businesses. And it made me grow to a $5 billion a year company, set of companies, versus not even, you know, a little more than 100 million back in those days. So in eight years, my life has transformed because I, I put that tax on myself and I invested heavily and I didn't have the money to do it, but I did it anyway because I had to. Yeah, gotcha. That's golden. So... Actually, let's talk about your companies and switch gears sure, a little absolutely. bit. I'd, I'd love to know around leadership and, you know, to build, you know, like collectively a $5 billion. Yeah. Like what kind of people do you need to have around you as, as a leader? What's well, interesting. In the early stages of me, myself as an entrepreneur, I started all these companies from scratch. And then I met a gentleman, the gentleman started MTV. And we had this really cool conversation. He said, you know, Tony, it took me you know, a decade and a half to really build up MTV. And he said, and then I built another company. And he said, Tony, you know what I realized? It takes like seven years, that was his number in his head, on average, to go from scratch to build something that's really stable and strong and so forth. You know, and he goes, I realized there's only so many seven-year cycles in my body. And he said, but if I went to a company that already has been around for seven, 10, 20 years, and I bring my ability, my vision, my ability to grow that business, my ability to inspire the people, my ability to produce resourcefulness, then I get a multiplied effect. And he goes, Tony, you're the best in the world at what you do, but damn, you work your tail off. And so he asked me if I'd come speak. He, he One of the companies he took over was Century 21 Real Estate. Yep. And he said, why haven't you ever spoken for us? I said, because your company asked me over and over, but they're cheap. You know, They want to pay me $100,000 and my fee's a quarter of a million. He goes, oh, he goes, we'll pay the quarter of a million. I said, no, for you, I'll do it for free. Because he's a friend and I'm learning from him. So I came into the speech and afterwards he sat me back down. And he goes, Tony, there are 10,000 people here. He says, I know like all my financial guys, they, they all look to you, but you're like a rock star from middle America. These people in gold jackets selling real estate. He goes, do you know how much our business increased in those four months? And I don't remember the exact number. It was like 22 or 23% or something. He goes, do you know how much money you made me? And you got nothing. <laughs> he said, let me give you some advice. Go find people that have some form of momentum that you can turn it around and get a piece of that. And that's how I changed. So what I looked for were businesses that I felt tremendous emotional connection to because I felt they touched people's lives in some way. And I looked for partners that were geniuses, but where I could bring my own genius to it, where one plus one equals five, or at least three, not two. And by doing that, I got pieces of these different companies. And then it just grew and grew and grew and grew. So I'm in virtual reality of a company called NextVR. My partners are geniuses. And we just locked down the exclusive for the NBA. So instead of Monday night football, we have Tuesday night NBA. And you literally, it's like you're on the court. You can look and feels like you can reach out and touch LeBron. It's mind boggling. And there's no cords or computer. It's all done off your phone with an app. It's mind boggling. Wow. Um, we also have the, the exclusive for Live Nation for all concerts. So you can be right there next to Jay-Z or Beyonce. Like you feel like you can touch them, right? I have a company that's number one guy in stem cells in the world. I have a company that does genetics, you know, that's just genius. Um, I've got companies that are in the education space. I bought Adweek with a group of partners. I have my financial companies. So the diversity I have is mind boggling. 
But that's also the secret to investing. You know, if you got all your eggs in one basket and there's a problem, you need to make sure you run your business really successful, give it your all, not start 20 of them. But once that business really is strong and your investments are strong, then you can build a second one. Most people, they build a business and then it's not going as well as they want. So I start another business because it feels more exciting. And it's like, you have one child you're not taking care of. So let's have a second child and a third child. And it just doesn't work. But the diversity of it also makes me excited. So I manage 12 of them actively. The others, I have such great partners. Like, you know, I own, you know, the Major League Soccer new franchise in LA. I'm a partner in that. Uh, it's called the LA Football Club. But my partner's Peter Guber, who owns the LA Dodgers and owns the Golden State Warriors, and about as smart a human as you could ever have in the sports field. And then I bought um, in the esports field, you know, it's mind boggling. We fill whole stadiums now with people watching people play video games. So I bought uh, Team Liquid, which with my partners, with Peter and everyone else. And, and so, I mean, the opportunities are just amazing because I'm partnering with people who have skills that are the best in the world, and I'm bringing mine. I and mean, when you combine them, you know, you get a greater impact. I see. I'm curious, when it comes to focus versus having multiple businesses, how do you know when you're ready to, to start to diversify? It's a great question. When I was 32, 33, maybe 34, somewhere in that range, I was really frustrated because I love what I do for a living. It's emotional rewards are gigantic, but it's not a, it's not a, a business that has a great deal of you know, opportunity for maximizing profit because it's a low margin business. And I didn't get into it. It's like, what's the best business to get in? It's just, I'm an artist. I want to help people change their lives. This is my, this is my mission. So, you know, we were in the nine, 10% margin and it didn't take much of a challenge when your margin's that small to have a real challenge in your business. So I called a group of billionaire friends of mine that I've coached over the years. And I, I always want to be the giver. I never asked for anything. But I said to them, look, I have these seven or eight opportunities that are being put in front of me that look incredible. I still want to run my core business, but I'd love to get your coaching. I've coached you guys. Would you be willing to coach me just for a couple hours? So I brought them all here in New York, had this incredible meeting. I'll never forget. And I decided I wanted to add value. So I introduced them to each other. They all knew of each other. They're all kings of titans of business. Some, some were friends. And then I said, so let me share you the good, the bad, the ugly of my story. And so I told them my entrepreneurial story from the very beginning, no money, the ups and downs, the near-death experiences. And I was watching their eyes get this big because a lot of them, they didn't start businesses like that, right? Some of them started businesses by getting a billion-dollar loan, one guy, right? He was able to do because it it's financial backing. And so I could see them getting more and more tense. And long story short, at the end, they're like, Stop, stop, stop. You shouldn't do any of these opportunities. They're all wonderful opportunities. you got to go back and maximize your business. You haven't maximized your business. And one of the guys had just been to one of my seminars, my Unleash the Power Within seminar, and he told me, came up to me and said, Tony, it's the most incredible thing I've ever done in my life. He goes, Tony, you work so hard. You're on stage 12, 14 hours a day. I don't know how you hold people's attention. People won't sit for a two-hour movie, three-hour movie. And you got people so, you're never going to want to do this when you're like 42. You know, because I was like 32. <laughs> Same guy, three weeks later, goes, you're not working hard enough on your business. I'm like, what the hell? Right? And what it was, was they all reacted because they're used to a different type of business. And one of the guys afterwards says, hey, I was near tears because I walked in thinking I had the greatest business opportunities in the world. And I walked back feeling like I'm a piece of you know what, right? And one of the guys, a billionaire, says to me, he goes, hey, Tony, where are you staying? I said, I'm at the Four Seasons. He goes, oh, I'm staying there too. It's three blocks away. Can I walk with you? I want to get your advice on something. I thought, who, me? Dumbass? I'm the one you want this advice from, right? And he says to me, I'll never forget, he goes, Tony, he owned Fruit of the Loom, underwear company. He goes, uh, I got an offer. Make me about a billion nine. So I got I to decide, do I, do I sell the company? Do I build it up bigger and then sell it? Or do I keep it for my son? 
And I said, I said, Bill, I said, I love you to death. I said, you already know the answer. You just, you want me to confirm it for you. Let's be honest. I said, first of all, if you sell the company now and get a billion, eight billion, nine more, it's not going to change your life one iota. You have the planes, the cars, the homes, the all that stuff, plenty of cash. It's not going to change your life. But if you sell when the business is not at its peak, you'll resent yourself later on. You'll, you'll be mad because you're a guy that loves to maximize. He goes, oh, you're so right. And I said, keeping it for your son, he's five, right? Does he want to be the underwear king? I don't think so. I said, go build it a little bit more to the level you know it is and then sell it, right? And he goes, oh my God, it's so brilliant, so great. But what I got out of this conversation that changed my life was I hated it. I felt they didn't understand and they didn't understand a bunch. But I said, there's got to be some truth in there. And then I saw this uh, story about this guy who spent, I think it was 17 years looking for this Spanish galleon. His name uh, was Mel, I'm playing his last name, but it was very famous in the 1990s, 80s. And he literally made no money, found nothing. Like 16 years into it, he had to convince people to give him more money. One of his members of his crew died. It was the most brutal approach. How could you possibly keep going out there looking for treasure and not finding it for five years and not give up, or 10, 16, I think he went 18 if I remember correctly. And he found a half a billion dollars worth of gold. So I asked myself a question. I said, what would make a guy go 16, 17, 18 years with no evidence of success and keep doing it and convince people to give him money and keep going, working seven day weeks? He'd have to believe something different than other people. What would he have to believe? And I thought first he'd have to believe the treasure's there. I didn't believe the treasure was in my business. So you didn't find it, right? Second, you'd have to believe I will find it. And third, to go that many years, you'd have to believe it's worth it. And I shifted those three beliefs in my business. And I things I once I committed completely to that business and nothing else, I grew that business like crazy. And I ended up selling half that business for $200 million, the business that looked like it would never make anything. Yeah, wow. When I did that, I said, now I'm a successful entrepreneur. Now I'll take on some other companies because I'm not BSing myself. I've really built it. This idea you're going to go build nine companies, nice ego stroke. No way you can give them the focus that you need. But today, I can do more with my pinky than I used to be able to do work in 20-hour days because I know more people. I have more context. I have more strategy. I have more tools. And so you've got to make sure you maximize something and really make a real business. You want to know your real test? Could you sell the business tomorrow for a significant multiple? If not, don't start another business. Or get rid of this business, sell it, and start something fresh. But most people are always looking for what's easier. And it always looks easier. What you really want to do is maximize the business you're in. Yeah, that was awesome. Great story. Focus is key. It's so key. Okay, so we have to work towards wrapping up. Um, yeah. There's a couple of things I really wanted to talk to you about. Loved the documentary on Netflix. Oh, good. That was just so good. Yeah. And you, you, I don't know, I'm sure you get this all the time, but I have friends that were not into personal development, never yeah. heard of you, and they are just hardcore fans now. Like yeah. just, it was an incredible incredible because people got to see what i actually do you know most people think it's positive thinking bullshit but in that documentary they did a really nice job they took a seven-day program in my most intimate course only 2500 people but you got to see the core of what happens over seven days in less than two hours and joe berlinger did an unbelievable job on that it's called if you haven't seen it on netflix it's called tony robbins i'm not your guru um but but most people watch it really get excited i'm glad to hear your friends have had you know yeah yeah it was i loved it and yeah it was so well done and one thing i've noticed actually and i just wanted to ask like 
I noticed that you're really focusing on your personal brand in a big way where you did the Netflix. I can yeah. see you're quite, quite active on social. You're producing content. Yes. Like, where's all this coming from? Well, it's just, you know, modernizing, growing my companies, right? I looked at my companies. Was, I, at some point then, had so many companies. I got a little more distracted. I came back here and said, this is my baby. This is what I love the most. What do we need to do? And there's all these new resources, Instagram and, you know, Facebook Live and all the things that you can tap into. So I want to help people as much as I can. So I poured tons of free content out there. And then if people want to go deep, the only problem with free content, not free content, but just people go and they randomly do things, which I'm really glad they get inspired. But I'm more of a strategist. And I believe in syntax. The dog bit Johnny, Johnny bit the dog. Same exact elements, different order, different experience, especially if you're Johnny, right? Mm. So I build systems, but what I've done is put everything I can out so people can randomly pick whatever they want. But then if they want to get serious, like people say, you know, uh, well, maybe I'll just read a book. I, I think it's wonderful you read a book, inspire it. This book especially, I'm very proud of it. It's great. But if you want to learn how to swim, reading a book's a good first stage, but you probably want to get in the water, right? You got to get in the water. Otherwise, less knowledge is worthless. And events is my favorite thing to do because we do total immersion. And when you go to an event for three or four days, day and night, and you're there and you rewire everything, it's not some pump up. It's a literally a changing of how your mind and body and habits work. And that's what changes lives. From all the people you've met, all the amazingly, insanely successful, intelligent people that you know and have met and have learnt from, because as you say, success leaves clues. Yes. If you could give one piece of advice to our audience of aspiring novice stage entrepreneurs, millennials, might be running a business for five years, 10 years, only a couple of years, or just getting started, what's the number one piece that you could share? I would say the most important thing, I'll give you three. Right. The most important thing first is if you're going to succeed in business, you have to know who your ideal client is. Who is the client that is your ideal that if you built your business on that, it would grow. If the economics of the economy dropped, they'd still buy from you. That's the person you want to cherish. You want to fall in love with. You don't want to fall in love with your product. You want to fall in love with your client. And you want to know more about them than anybody else. Because I always say life is the dance between what you desire most and what you fear most. So if you can expand your desires and break through your fears, you expand your life massively. So for the people that are really watching, I think the more you know about those needs, if you can do more for them than anybody else, then you go to the second piece, which is add more value than anyone in your industry. If you do more for others than anybody else, and you don't just do it for a day or a week or a month, you do it. Like I always tell people, most people overestimate what they're going to do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in a decade or two or three. If you do that year after year, the word spreads and you start to build a brand. And if you do that for a decade or more, you can start to actually dominate the industry. So you got to know everything about them. You got to add the value and you got to find an irresistible offer. Tom Shoes, irresistible offer. He took a product, quite frankly, product's not very good at all, but the offer is really great. Now, if I buy and wear these crappy shoes, you'll get another pair and you'll give them to someone who doesn't have shoes. I'm in. And now a bunch of people, they're doing it with glasses and things of that nature. Or 99 cents on iTunes. I mean, people are getting everything for free. Why should I buy it? Better fidelity, easy, clear, but only 99 cents. That offer. Zappos, right? Tony Shea is a good friend of mine. He, you know, he comes up and he joins the founders and they're living in this little house up in San Francisco and they're totally frustrated. We're spending all this money and we're trying to sell women's shoes online and it's not working. How come? Well, they got to try them on. And well, <laughs> They aren't doing it because they don't want to spend the money on shipping it. And Tony Shea changes the offer. He says, look, we're going to let people order as many shoes as they want. We're going to pay for all the shipping. And if they don't like anything, we can send them back and we pay the shipping back. Now, if you're the investor in the company, what do you say to that? Are you crazy? We're going to go bankrupt. He goes, you don't understand our ideal customer, these women. 
They have a different relationship to shoes than you and I do. Women say shoes equal happiness. A woman could put on one shoe, she's one woman. She changes shoes, she's another woman, right? And he said, they're gonna get these shoes and we're gonna pay if we get them there. They're not gonna send them back 99% of the time because if they like the shoe, even if it doesn't fit, they'll convince themselves it'll fit in the future, right? And when I talk about this in like big seminars, women are laughing, shaking, raising their hand, going, yeah, high five, and it's true. And he built a business he sold for $1.2 billion and he still runs it because he wasn't doing it for the money. He loved building the culture and doing this, but he came up with that irresistible offer. So know more about them. Make sure you add value massively. Have an irresistible offer. It'd be three things I'd start with. And if I gave you a fourth one, throw it in. You better know your numbers, right? I do these boot camps and I bring in a guy that's just a genius who gives them like an MBA in five hours. It sounds like an exaggeration, but it's not. He's done billions of dollars of the deals and he teaches them how to know their numbers because most entrepreneurs, that's not their skill. They're good at marketing or creating a product or innovating or selling or whatever. But the financials is why most people die because you don't want an accountant. You need a CFO. And yet when you're a small company, you can't afford a CFO. It's like, you know, $400,000. What's different about a CFO than an accountant? Accountant just puts the numbers in the right columns. He'll tell you, oh, you have this much profit. And you go, yay. And then you find out at the end of the year, there was no cash. <laughs> profit and cash are not the same thing. And you go, oh my God, what am I going to do? So understanding your numbers and understanding that profit is a theory, right? You can have big profit and no cash. You have to understand how that works. And you got to just take the time to get that skill so that numbers become intelligence. Because if you have the right numbers and you know what they mean, now you can make better decisions. You make better decisions, you're going to win. Awesome. Well, look, uh, thank you so much for your time, Tony. I've for anyone it. that would uh, like to grab a copy of Unshakable, uh, where's the best place people can go? And uh, I can go anywhere, any bookstore you know, around the world here, Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever you want to go, it's available. And again, you'll be feeding 50 people because we're donating 100% of the profits. The last book, we sold a million copies in hardback. I'm sure we'll do that again. But even if we don't, I'm donating the same amount. So, But you'll be helping 50 people while you're helping yourself. That's amazing. Well, look, thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you, man. Really good to see you. Interview. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. The Founder Podcast has come to a close, but it's not time to sleep. It's time to hustle. Download the Richard Branson issue of Founder Magazine for free right now by visiting foundermag.com slash Branson. Again, that's an absolutely free download of the Richard Branson issue of Founder Magazine containing an exclusive interview with the man himself. It's only available at foundermag.com slash Branson. So download it now and we'll see you next time on the Founder Podcast. <laughs>